Raise Fundraisers, I'm Don Laco. It's time to buckle up once again for a new episode of Raise Nation, the one and only podcast made to inspire fundraisers like you to continue making impact in our communities and building better tomorrows and exchanging ideas. So whether you're a trailblazer or a seasoned pro, you'll pick up the trends that transform your fundraising. And together, we'll dive into lively conversations and chat with industry-leading fundraisers and thought leaders to explore those hot button issues and innovative ideas. So stay with us for the next 30 minutes while we inspire you to embrace the future of fundraising. I am super excited about um, our guest today. We have some delicate conversations uh, to cover, but a very awe-inspiring story at the same time. And a big shout out to Missy for um, recommending uh, this particular organization to Raise Nation Radio. Um, I know our audience is going to love this uh, conversation, but I have the founder of Comfort Cases with me, Rob Shear. And uh, welcome, Rob. Welcome to Raise Nation Radio. Don, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. I am too. I did a little background and I have to admit, I got a little teary-eyed, you know, more than once, I'll say that. Um, Can you just take us back to the beginning? What inspired Comfort Cases? What is the mission? And um, how did it all, how was it all born? Well, you know, our mission is to bring hope and dignity to our youth that are in foster care. Most people probably will go their whole lifetime and never even say the word foster care. And for me, um, it's a word that I use every day. And it started back in the late 70s when I was 12 years old and I entered the foster care system carrying a trash bag. And I just thought this is just the way my life was going to be. And then in the fall of 1984, I was a senior in high school. And just like 30,000 other children in our country, um, I actually aged out of the system. But the problem was I aged out of the system as a senior in high school and I became homeless. And I literally lived on the streets my entire senior year of high school. And most people don't realize that the 30,000 kids that age out today, 70% of them end up just like me, homeless. Well, for me, I wanted something better. I wanted an education and I went to school every single day. I hid my trash bag. I would hope the kids would make fun of me because I knew I had holes in my shoes and I knew that I had an odor because I couldn't tell you the last time I had taken a shower, but I knew that if I educated my mind, that I could educate my future. And that's exactly what I did. You know, Dawn, when I would sit in class and I remember sitting in Mrs. Brown's English class and I would watch the guidance counselor come in and they would pull kids out their senior year to talk about their future. And the fact is no one would ever look at me. No one would ever. Oh God, Rob. Oh my God. (laughs) You know, and I realized though, that if you looked at me, if you acknowledged me, then you'd have to accept that you failed me. And so for me, I graduated from high school, I joined the United States Navy, and I became a very successful businessman. See, my community had taught me three major important things. Me, 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 make the most money, live in the big house, buy the expensive car. And then all of a sudden, 13 years ago, my entire life changed and four of the most amazing humans walked into my house and all four of them were carrying trash bags. And I couldn't believe it. See, I wanted to be a dad, Dawn, and I wanted to be a dad. And I knew my husband and I were going to adopt in foster care. But little would I know that they would arrive carrying trash bags. Just like you did. 
just like I did. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, how could we be a country that says we love so much that we care so much about children, but we still allow them to carry trash bags? And the social worker actually said to Reese and I, what should they carry? And I said, you know, how about some dignity? So for us, it was all of a sudden we were a dad to four kids. My baby was six months. I had his little brother who was two. We had another little boy who was two and his sister who was four. And so we were living in D.C. We're both career minded. I had come companies all over the country. And then 10 years ago, actually, Dawn, it was 10 years ago this year, I was sitting in my office and my husband, Reese, walked into the, my office to plan our yearly toy drive. See, the fact about giving back has been something that I've always strived to do, to make sure that I could make my community stronger today than it was yesterday. And for us, it was doing these toy drives for the, quote, needy kids. And this one particular year, I said, I don't want to do it. And he says, what do you mean? I said, what are we teaching our kids? You know, our kids have been with us for years now. They go to private schools. They they wear designer clothes. They travel the world. I said, what are we teaching them? I said, are we truly teaching them to lead by example? And he says, what do you want to do? And I literally opened up my desk drawer And I pulled out something that is right here with me today that I never, ever go anywhere without. And that's a trash bag. And I laid it on my desk and I said, I want to eliminate trash bags in D.C. He said, you're crazy. I said, I know I'm crazy. That's why you married me. Oh, my gosh. I'm just stunned by by the horror of it all. 12 years old, a trash bag uncertainty uh, uh, to some degree, you know, bullying and everything else that comes with it instead of having a friend that says, gosh, you know, I have five pairs of sneakers. Here's one. Instead, they're making fun of you aging out. I never even thought of that, Rob. I have to be honest with you. I never even thought that someone in my senior year might be aging out of some type of care and now find themselves on the street. What are you supposed to do in high school if you're if you've aged? I, I don't I can't even wrap my arms around that. And and then to somehow have value. I I, I can't, the whole scenario, I'm mind blown right now. I have to be honest, like, and not in a good way. Like I'm horrified to hear this. I I understand. I mean, you have to know what the statistics are, Dawn. I mean, only- Tell me, tell me, what are the statistics? Only 54% of kids, only 54% of kids, and we have 438,000 children in foster care. And only- Is that in the United States? And that's in the United States. Okay. Only 54% of those kids actually graduate from high school. That's it. That's it. You know, and that only 11% fill out a college application and that only 3% get a four-year college degree. Those are the statistics. The statistics also, which people get are just shocked about it. Like, why are we not doing something? Literally, the... Child welfare system is a pipeline to our penitentiary. So we know for a fact. Oh, God. Oh, my gosh. Well, we know for a fact that close to 80 percent of prison inmates were either in foster care or touched by foster care. That's how bad we are failing as a society. 
That is how bad. I mean, when you imagine giving a child a trash bag and expect them to have self-worth, you know, instead they feel exactly what a trash bag is supposed to do. It makes them feel like garbage, you know. And for me, you know, I'm the youngest of 10 kids. My mom and dad, they had 10 kids and we all end up in the system. Most of us are, are most of my siblings have already died from, you know, teenage pregnancy, drug addiction. I have brothers that are incarcerated. That is the pathway to children every single day within our foster care system. And I want to remind your listeners something. You do not see kids who are homeless, that are experiencing homelessness. You don't see them. And let me tell you the reason why. Because they're hanging out in your malls. They're hanging out in your shopping centers. They're hanging out in your public libraries. Why? They're scared. They don't want to be put in a penitentiary. They don't want to be put into some type of shelter where they can be raped. And, you know, now that they're 18, I mean, they don't get to go to a child shelter. I mean, it's it's horrible. And every single day, there is not a state in our country that we are not having children die within the hands of the foster care system. Texas alone will bring it up. Two weeks ago, they finally put out their report for 2020. And in 2020, they have 26,000 kids in their state and 100 kids, 100 kids died in the hands of foster care. Died. Oh, my goodness. 100 too many. 100 too many. See, the thing is, is you must understand that these kids don't belong to me. They don't belong to you. They belong to us, to yeah. us. They are our future for tomorrow. And if we do not invest in them today, we'll invest in them tomorrow because we'll just keep building penitentiaries. And for me and my husband, it was like we wanted to give them something new, something of their own. Better, something better. Yeah. Hope. Yeah. yeah. Hope. Hope. And and more than a trash bag. So we We grabbed a brand new backpack. We put brand new pajamas in it. We wanted to make sure every child had their own lotion, shampoo, conditioner, and their own bar of soap. So you have to understand. Basic necessities. I mean, we're not talking anything. We're we're talking basic stuff here. Really basic. Below basic. You know, we want to make sure that every child gets their own toothbrush and their own toothpaste. We want to make sure that every child gets their own activity. If they're under the age of 10, they get a coloring book and crayons. And if they're over the age of 10, they get a journal and a pen and pencil set. We know that the statistics show us that 89% of all children that enter foster care today enter in the back of a police cruiser. And they go to what we call holding centers with nothing to do. I want to make sure that that they have something new. I want to make sure that every child gets a book because I do know that if you educate a child's mind, you will educate their future. And then we give every kid a stuffy because I don't care whether you're a newborn. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I still like my stuffies. Stuffy. And yeah, finally, everybody toys. <laughs> well, everybody gets a blankie. And let me tell you, my if you can see the pictures behind me, these are my beautiful babies. On the and my one son was five years old when we packed our first case. And he said, Daddy, we have to give everybody a blankie. And I said, a blankie? I said, you know, these kids are not cold, Grayson. He said, I know, Daddy. But every time they wrap themselves up in their blankie, they know we love them. 
Oh dear. Oh, can we just do a shout out first name only to all your children, Grayson? I mean, so so we have my youngest son is Tristan. He's thirteen. Um, I my son Grayson is fourteen. My son Makai is fifteen now. My beautiful daughter is seventeen. She's graduating this year. But then in twenty nineteen, I was giving a talk at a local high school, and a young eighteen year old boy walked up to me. And now that eighteen year old boy, he's twenty one, and he He's been our son since he was 18. We actually adopted him at the age of 18. And so we have five kids. So those who read my book, my memoir, they see videos. They normally see only four kids. But in 2019, our fifth child, Alex, arrived. Um, But you know what, Dawn? We packed those cases and we started giving them out. One after another, after another. Okay, so how many have we given out since? (laughs) In Ah. the last 10 years, we have delivered over 170,000 cases. Amazing. Wow. We have delivered them to. And it's a family affair, right? It's the whole family gets involved. No, it's not the whole family. It's the community. See, the thing that you must understand and that your listeners must understand is that your community, it's not your zip code. It's not. Your community is our human race. And what affects me in my little town of Darnstown, Maryland, affects people in Phoenix, Arizona. And what affects people in Phoenix, Arizona, affects people in Los Angeles, California. We must understand as humans, as humans, it is our job to be good. And how do you be good? Lifting each other up. And that's what we hope to do at Comfort Cases at a 96% volunteer-ran charity, my friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I applaud what you do and thank what you do. I mean, you know, I, I claim total ignorance here. I'm really touched and impacted by, you know, the statistics that, that you're sharing with me. And, and I almost want to say that I'm a little disgusted by it as well, because it it sounds like it doesn't take much, right? I mean, a blankie a plush toy, you know, a, um, a, a hello. I mean, it sounds like it just doesn't take much to change the narrative for the future of that, of that person. Um, you know, and Dawn, if we can just I, give a little bit, gosh, it, it's yeah. going to have such a major difference. Yeah. What else can we do as humans? Well, let me tell what you can we do? I, first, I have to let you, you know, I, you know, three years ago when, when my memoir came out, I left my plush executive job to spend my time now going around the country to educate people about children in foster care. I hand cases out all over the country. And let me tell you the one thing that I hear kids say to me. And actually this week, as I was in LA and I was watching children open up their new cases, a young boy looked at me. And he said, why? I said, why what? He said, why would someone give me all of this new stuff? And I said to this young boy, as I said to all your listeners, you do not have to know someone to love someone. You don't. Oh, wait, let's say that again. You do not need to know someone to to love someone. And these kids need to know they're loved. So I hope people go and visit comfortcases.org. I hope they realize that maybe you don't have money where you can donate, but guess what you do have? You have time. Time is the most valuable thing that each and every one of us have. And that's exactly what people can do. They can donate their time. We have a national center and right outside of 
DC, if they want to come and, you know, actually, you know, donate their time here, or let's say they want to do their own drive in their town. They can actually, you know, we love the little toiletry size things that you get at hotels. We are partnered with givebackbox.com where they can send us a box up to 70 pounds for only $15. Where people um, can do their own drives, right? Their own drive. Sure. If you don't have the yep. financial means to just they, do a drive in your community. Yep, They can do their own drive. They can, you know, um, go to comfortcases.org. We actually give them all the information that they need to have that drive. And just always remember, always remember each and every day when we wake up, we need to make sure that we're leading by example. And that's how we're going to make the world better. I wish we can also affect young people and, and peers to, I mean, cause to, to be ostracized on top of being in foster care, people just, they need a friend. They need a, they, they, they need something better um, and they deserve something better. And this, you know, whole bullying judgment, knocking people when they're down, there's just, it's a, there's such an easier, better, kinder way. And I'm hoping future generations could, could move in that direction. I mean, I do have faith and I do have hope, but we really need to educate as well. Cause how horrific is it to be homeless and then to be made, poked fun of during the day as well? Like I, I can't even imagine. Right. But we also must understand something, Dawn, is that empathy is something that we are not born with. Empathy mm-hmm. is not in our DNA. Empathy is taught. It is taught. And so we here at Comfort Cases, we start programs throughout the country where we help school teachers at young age to help teach children empathy when it comes to foster. Beautiful. The first yeah. thing that we need to do is we need to stop calling them foster children. They're not. These are children. The word, the moment you say children, your heart starts to warm. But Mm -hmm. when you say foster a child, you think, what did that kid do? How did, what? Oh, God, probably the, the, the. Poster child for innocence. What, what do you mean? What did they do? Right. I mean, well, that's crazy I, thought. I think, I mean, the, 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 the actual average adult thinks that the child in foster care did something wrong. Oh, and, good and, Lord. And that's what we have to, we have to reeducate ourselves. Yeah. We understand that these children come in a system because of a choice that someone else made. Mm. Because someone else made a choice, they're in a shattered system, you know? So the first thing I tell people all the time is change your vocabulary. Change your vocabulary. These are children. Sh- yeah, you know? period. Put a period on it. Yep. So yeah. we, we have every opportunity to do that, my friend. We can do so much more. So, And it seems, again, like the, the things that we need here and that the community can rally behind are pretty basic and, and, and make a big difference. And that's typically unusual, right? But just a little empathy, kindness, just whew, would go such a long way here. I, I've got to ask you, Rob, where do you feel your values came from? Wow. You, you, I mean, that... That's astounding that you had such values considering. That's it's crazy that you asked me. I get that question asked all the time where I get my grit. Um, you have to you have to know something, though. Um, children who come into the system and children who um, have been in the system, we come with a lot of trauma. We come with a lot of baggage. 
And, um, you know, in my book of Forever Family, I talk very vivid about, you know, the the trauma that I went through as a young adult and and, you know, even being homeless of what that meant. And, and you know, for me, I have to say this and I and, and this isn't for everybody. This is you. You asked Rob Shear this question. And for mm. Rob Shear, it's my faith. It's truly my faith. And whether or not whatever anybody wants to believe, I am a person who believes that my heavenly father expected me to be a certain way and to do a certain thing. And that's what I tell my kids all the time. And, you know, and so I'm not sitting here telling them to believe in Noah or whatever they want to just understand that there's a higher power that really, really makes you do the choices you have. And that's what you've got to realize. I tell people, stop blaming the system. Help me change the system. Mm, mm-hmm. I remind people all the time that each and every one of us have three choices. Choice number one, give up. Give up. You know, our suicide rate for kids in foster care is higher than any other place. Yeah. Number two, give in. Become the statistics that they want us to be behind bars, drug addiction, teenage pregnancy, or number three, give it all you got. And that was what I chose to do was to give it. Wow. You're just remarkable, really. Um, And I know you don't see that yourself that way, but um, it's just a remarkable story and, and what you're doing and just the awareness just for me. I mean, you've just affected me. Um, I hope all of our listeners today for sure, but I know that you've impacted me just in this conversation. I, I'm just like mind blown and I need to know what I can do because children are children and, and they're, they're special and they're beautiful and they're the hope and the future and they just deserve hope and dignity and a plushie and a blanket. It's just, so you've affected at least one person today. So that's good. They need their own bar of soap. Yeah. They yeah. walk into a house of strangers. You go to a hotel, you would never use the bar of soap from the people before you. Yeah. Oh God. Right, 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 right. Oh God. Dignity. Wow. So tell me a little bit about the book. When, when did you publish your book and what is the title? So our book, my, so our book was published in 2018. It's called a forever family. Forever family. Okay. It's, it was published by Derek Jeter and Simon and Schuster. Um, They actually had heard me tell my story um, and they were like, this guy has to write a book. But, um, but the most exciting thing is that not only did we write a book, it's one of the number one bestsellers. It's now actually being turned into a movie. Um, Oh, tell, do tell. Let me hear all about that. The script writers are writing away as we speak and, um, you know, and it's about resilience. You know, I say it all the time. Children are very resilient. Mm -hmm. If you give them a foundation of love and hope and dignity and let them know they're loved unconditionally, they can do anything. And my book shows that and it talks about that and it talks about my children. And, you know, the only thing I regret in our book and which it will be in our movie is that my book doesn't talk about my fifth child. And I always remind my fifth child, Alex, I have only one regret with Alex. And that was that I didn't hold his hand when he walked to kindergarten. Um, but, you know, he's 21 years old. He's a sophomore in college. And he tells me all the time, pops, you change my life and I said nobody you changed my life and we have the ability to change can we get that can you get that in the movie that 
Yes, it's going yeah. down. Okay, good. Let me tell you, there's no more sheer six. We're sheer seven. And, um, and there would be no way we would ever have a movie about our, our life without having our son, Alex, because he's such a huge part. So, yeah. So, so, so stay tuned. Probably a year, two years, movie will be out right now. You can go to, to, to you can go to Apple. You can watch the documentary Dads that Bryce Howard directed of my family, um, you know, along with, you know, so many other celebrities that were on there. It was an awesome experience to have Bryce, you know, talk about art family. And, you know, the fact is, is that at the end of the day, I say this to my kids all the time. I'm just a dad. I'm just a dad. Yeah, maybe I, I've been a CNN hero. And yes, I have been on every talk show, including Ellen. But at the end, I'm a dad. And that is the biggest title in the world. But you're not dad to just five children. You're dad to 170,000 and more children. And you, I, I believe you have an office in London as well. So that, that those correct. are separate. St- are those separate statistics than we've yes. been talking about today? Oh, yeah. good Lord. So, so in the UK, we have a roughly 84,000 children that are in the UK in the foster care system. Um, the system is treated very similar to what ours is. Um, kids age out at 18 in the UK, no matter where they are. Um, my family and I are actually getting ready to jump on a plane to head to London to celebrate our one-year anniversary with um, our UK team. Um Because again, you know, as I say to people all the time, you know, no matter where there is a child, there should be someone to love them. And so I I was actually just giving the commencement speech at Lynn University. And I thanked my children for sharing me because my children have shared me with over the 500,000 children all over the world that, you know, because to me, I want to be their dad. I want to, I just want every one of those kids to know that this guy here, I truly love them unconditionally. I know you do. I can feel it. It's coming through the, through, through the podcast waves here. Like I, I, you know, it's infectious too. And it's just so, so beautiful to see, you know, you, in a way in complete respect and, and honor to you, I, I almost feel that a being or something greater than us um, guided your life the way it was guided so that you can deliver this change, change of mindset, change of hope, change of impact. And I really, I mean, Missy was so right. She said, you're going to love this story, Dawn. Um, Missy is one of our um, consultants or our, our customer success manager here at one cause. And she wanted, you know, your, your, your voice to be heard on our podcast. And she was so right because it's just so inspirational. So can I thank and applaud you for everything oh that you gosh, do? Thank you. And I think one cause, I mean, come on. I mean, I remind people all the time, no individual gets to where they are today without an amazing team. And I am so lucky. I have an amazing team, great supporters, one cause being one of them, um, you know, so we're just, we're just so lucky that we've been part of the one cause family for many years and we'll continue to be part of the one cause family for many years hereafter. 
Oh, thank you. That's so nice of you to say. But of course, you know, the shine right now is is all is all on you. I have two more questions to ask you. Sure. One, how can people get involved? How can they help? What fundraisers do you have? You know, it, it is, you know, to, to, to know, especially if you have children and, and you have someone in, in high school knowing that one of their peers may be, I can't even imagine, I don't even want to ask, like, what, what did homelessness look like for you? That That's just so absurd to me, because what means are you supposed to have to support yourself when you're 17 years old in high school? I, I don't know. But how, what are all the ways that we can help you get help, get involved with comfort cases and what fundraisers do you have going on? So number one, they can go to comfortcases.org. That is the first key. Um, educate yourself about the, the organization, seeing the fact that the organization is 96% volunteer ran, and then help us with our yearly backyard barbecue in October. We backyard barbecue. Yeah. It's a fundraiser. Is that a fundraiser? It's a fundraiser. It's a backyard barbecue. Not only do we have it at our nation's capital, but we have the ability for people to have their own backyard barbecue all over the country and all over the world where they can raise money as well, you know, and help support our cause. Our goal this year is to deliver over 25,000 cases. And to do that, we need everyone to help. We need everyone to help. And so, have your own fundraiser. We give you all the, the you know, printable material for that. We give you a step-by-step instructions how to do that. You know, they have the ability to donate right to our, to our organization. They can go and send us new pajamas. We always need new pajamas because, you know, pajamas is something we put in our case, but there's always a way for anyone to give. What I say, social media is a major, major impact for our organization. If it's use correctly and we do so follow us on all the social media platforms um and every day we talk about something new that you can do to help us good to know great i'll be following what about the schools what's your collaboration with the schools can they help or is the system just too broken to there's just a kid in a seat and they're all treated equally like what no, the What's system is doing exactly what it's supposed to be doing. Okay, that's good to know. I understand that. The system's shattered, okay? Broken things you can rebuild. Shattered things, they have to be totally redone. So Got the system it. is shattered. But what schools, so four years ago, a young boy, and the time it was five years ago, he was an eighth grader, came into my office and asked to have a meeting with Mr. Shear. And I said, hmm. and so he sits down and he lays out on my desk this new thing that he wanted to do in his high school. And I said, what do you mean? And he says, I want to have a comfort case club. He says, I want to have a club where I educate kids in my high school exactly about foster care like you educated me, Mr. Shear. And I said, you know what, Dean, this is an amazing idea. And I love this. I love this. Let me tell you something. Not only did Dean Arnold do this, he then did it and spread it across the country. And so now throughout the country, we have schools that are doing the Comfort Case Club. Dean is now graduating from high school this year. I'm so proud of him. Dean. Passed the baton. Um, Applause, applause, applause. And this is a kid. Didn't grow up in the system, didn't know anybody in the system. I actually happened to go to his middle school and he heard me give a talk and he said, I have to do nice. And so he built this club. And so now we have clubs. You can go to our website 
and comfortcases.org. And you can find out how you can get your school involved. And they have monthly meetings. They educate themselves about kids in foster care. And we really are seeing the pendulum change. And so that's what we're doing in schools. And then we that have- does so much. It, do, it, it builds that empathy, too, that we were talking about earlier. I think when kids are talking about, hey, you know, these are the clubs that are offered at this school and you can start your own. They think in terms of chess club and ski club and reading club. This is beautiful, right? Because this is just being part of something greater than yourself. But it's also bringing that empathy value in which we really need to see because an awareness and education. I love that. So all the listeners from Raise Nation Radio podcast, if, if you're young and looking to do something, this is quite special on a number of different levels. And we're there to help you the entire way. So once you become part of the Comfort Case family, you're always part of the Comfort Case family. Oh. As I said, we have these schools, these clubs pop. They're all over the country. We have young people who are reading. Let me tell you, first of all, we must understand something. Kids helping kids. Is truly the way life is going to be better. Yeah. It's helping kids. It's the reason I hashtagged it. You know, kid, hashtag kids. Hashtag help. kids helping kids. It, to me, it is so, so important because kids truly are going to be our future tomorrow. So we need to get them started today. And we do that at Comfort Cases. Beautiful. How do we get your book? Where is it available? Hard our, paperback, hard copy? Yep. A Brick of Forever Family is available in Barnes and Nobles and Amazon. They can order it. But if they actually go to our website, um, 100% of the proceeds of our book, just to let everyone know, goes directly to our organization. When my husband and I decided to write my memoir, we wanted to make sure that our organization was the one who benefited from it. So if they actually go to our website and order it, I will actually sign the book for them. But if not, they can always go to Amazon. Um, They can also follow me on social media. I travel the country at least two or three weeks out of the month giving speeches and talking to people about how they can impact their community. Um, And so, yeah, but, you know, I would love for everybody to read a forever family. Well, I think I'm going to have to pick that up. Um, I can't believe that. I, I would love to talk to you for like another half hour, um, but we've I kind do. of need to um, let our listeners are probably finishing their workout right now and they got their 30 minutes in. So I want to be respectful of everybody's time, but I have a good idea when, when the movie comes out, can we have you back on Raise Nation oh, Radio? Don, you can always have me yeah, back. Yeah, I want to I hear all about it. Any last words of inspiration to your family, your extended family, just any, any last words of inspiration from the amazing Rob Shear? You know, first of all, I want everyone to know something that we're all taught something in school and that's that our earth sits on an axle and it spins. I'm going to give everybody a little secret today. The fact is, is that's not true. That earth is spinning because of doers that are listening to this podcast, the doers that are pushing that world and they're pushing that world world. And that's why our world goes around because doers are the ones that make it better. So keep being a doer. 
Well, you're, you're the quintessential doer in my book, and I'm so proud of you and grateful to you for educating me and for the impact that you're making, you know, on the communities. So fearless fundraisers, unfortunately, that's about all the time we have today, but we're going to have Rob back, especially when his movie comes out. Um, To our audience, thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's Raise Nation topic and your daily dose of fundraising inspiration. Please tune in for a new episode release every Thursday at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time. That's Thursdays, 12.30 Eastern Time. But in the meantime, listen to all the episodes of Raise Nation Radio. Follow the channel that you like best so that you can get notifications about all of our new guests. And you can hear when Rob's coming back to talk about his movies. We're on 11 channels now, so we hope to see you there. We heard just As we just heard, fundraisers are doing amazing things to build better tomorrows for our communities. The stories are inspiring. You won't want to miss a single episode. I would like to thank our sponsor, One Cause, for making this episode possible. One Cause is driving the future of fundraising with easy-to-use software solutions that help nonprofits connect with their donors. Be sure to check them out at onecause.com and visit the resource tab on our homepage for a broad catalog of eBooks and blogs and infographics that I'm sure you'll find helpful. A huge, wonderful, heartwarming shout out. Um, and thanks to my guest, Rob Shear. I truly appreciate, Rob, you sharing not just your authentic voice, but your expert voice and everything that you're doing to build better tomorrows. It was a pleasure having you, and I truly enjoyed our conversations, Rob. Thank you. Have a safe trip today to London um, and let us know when you come back. Um, Thank you again so much. For now, fearless fundraisers, that's a wrap. Until next time, I'm Don Lego and this is Raise Nation Radio. Stay fearless out there. 